Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is, is Canty and Carlin on oh, ESPN Radio. Job. Am I driving? We should have probably figured this My out bad. during the break. I haven't ESPN Radio. We haven't worked ESPN together Plus. in a bit. We bad. haven't. Yeah. Uh, I'm Amber Wilson. I'm filling in for Chris Canty. That is, of course the voice of Chris Carlin. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Chris Carlin at Amber W Sports. You can also join the conversation on the CC Carlin line at one triple eight. Say ESPN 888-729-3776. We have been in the midst of ESPN Radio's NFL two-a-days, which means that we take a couple teams every single day. We break them down for you all across ESPN Radio. Today, one of the teams that we had was the Seattle Seahawks. So let's bring in some more insight on the Seahawks. It's such an interesting team, Carlin, that we just, you know, we obviously need to spend some more time unpacking this upcoming season for the Seattle Seahawks. I joke, but of course we bring in our friend Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst and host of the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny podcast. And Mina, let's just start with your Seahawks. I mean, what are your expectations this season for your team? Low, low, very low. Um, I, I don't see how anyone couldn't have low expectations. I, I will say, I think the defense is likely to be better than people expect. There's been some improvements there, um, starting with the coaching staff. I really like the changes that they've made, promoting Clint Hurt to defensive coordinator, bringing in Sean Desai from Chicago, Carl Scott from Alabama. I think you're going to see a schematic change that makes the defense more modern, optimizes Jamal Adams, uh, and I think – you know, linebacker Jordan Brooks takes another step forward. But the offense, whether it's Drew Locke or Geno Smith playing quarterback, is obviously going to take a step back, a big step back, uh, regardless. And I think uh, it seems unlikely that this is a team anywhere close to sniffing the playoffs. I think the way that Amber and I interacted there at the top of the hour is the kind of chemistry you can expect between DK Metcalf <laughs> and Geno Smith. You know, probably not the smoothest. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know, man. DK actually had some pretty rough games with Russell Wilson there (laughs) last season. I don't know if you remembered uh, at times, uh, even, you know, before he – well, mostly after he came back from the injury. But, um, you know, I think – I wouldn't be surprised if he's still a target monster, again, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Uh, I just don't think that the offense is going to have enough juice, especially if they're forced into passing situations. Well, with that in mind, if if you were in charge of the Seahawks, how would you approach the Metcalf situation now uh, when you look at the big picture about where they are? I would pay him. I think they probably should have tried to pay him before some of the contracts that have come out, you know, with Terry McLaurin getting the latest. Probably he's going to top that deal. But, you know, even though the Seahawks are not a contender and you could argue that they're a rebuilding team, rebuilding teams, and this is just my opinion, have to have pillars. Like if this team is angling next year to get a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or to be desirable for, you know, one of the quarterbacks who seem to be agitated every offseason now, they have to have guys. And in the draft, you know, they went 
out. They spent the first pick on Charles Cross at left tackle. I thought that was a good pick. Again, looking ahead to next year in particular um, to protect whoever it is on the blind side. But, you know, you, you if you keep DK Metcalf, who's kind of become the heart of this franchise, it sets them up better for next year, even if it feels like a you know sunk cost this season. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, host of the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. So, Mina, you think that DK will be part of the future for the Seattle Seahawks. What about Pete Carroll? I mean, I, I you mentioned the rebuild that you could call it going on now. I've been surprised that at 70 years old, he wants to be part of the post-Wilson era, frankly. Yeah, I think that's what surprised so many people about the trade to begin with, because um, you know, Pete Carroll got this extension and the sense was, well, he's not going to be there for a rebuild given his age and what he wants at this point in his career. But I think at that point, um, it, it, there had been so much smoke around Wilson potentially wanting out. Trade destinations were given out last season that it was kind of inevitable. I, I think that's partly why I don't think the trade Metcalf is because this is a team that I, I don't think they're trying to tank. They, they, they themselves say it's a retool, not a rebuild, whatever you think of that. Um, I, I think Pete Carroll would like to return to being competitive as soon as possible. Uh, and I think they can focus this season on building out the rest of the roster as they look ahead to getting a quarterback next year. Mina, as you look at the flip side and Russell Wilson now, um, how exactly do you expect him to uh, – really control the whole situation in Denver and maybe be the final piece uh, for the Broncos? Or is it more that he could be great, but they're not going to be able to get over the hump in a very tough division? I think the division is really the the issue here because obviously they're going to be better. Um, I would be shocked if not. Um, I do think, and I I talked about this a little bit on live, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to look dramatically different than he looked at throughout the course of his career, right? Uh, You know, he's still going to take a lot of sacks and he's not really going to throw over the middle of the field, but he's going to make incredible explosive plays. He's got one of the most accurate deep balls in the NFL, this offense, which will still probably be fairly run heavy with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon um, is going to be much more efficient than they were in past seasons. The problem is the rest of the conference, not just the division, the conference has gotten so loaded that you question whether a quarterback who is you know, probably not on the upswing of his career in a new system, new head coach, new coordinators, whether they're going to gel in time to compete with some of the other you know, devastating teams in the AFC. Mina Kimes joining us, ESPN NFL analyst here on Canty and Carlin. Mina, I don't know if you've gotten an opportunity to see it, but ESPN took votes from 50 league executives, coaches, scouts, pulled them together and came up with a list of the NFL's top 10 quarterbacks for 2022. You can find it on the dot com. And let me just go ahead and give you the top five quickly, because I want your thoughts if you feel like anybody's missing or if anybody's too high or low. Aaron Rodgers is one on the list. Patrick Mahomes is two. Josh Allen is three, Tom Brady at four, and Joe Burrow at five. Yeah, you know, we talked about this on NFL Live. I, I, I think the top four is pretty much set, and most people I talk to seem to have that combination of the two younger guys and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Of course, we lost all in that, last all in that incredible quarterback duel. And then Rodgers and Brady who continue to play at an exceptionally high level. You can really put them in any order. I think I might have put Justin Herbert at five instead of Joe Burrow, but to me, they are in that tier together. And then after that is when things get a little bit complicated. But, but as far as the, the top four, it seems pretty set. 
Okay, so Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, 6 through 10, Stafford, Herbert, Wilson, Watson, Prescott. Where does it get complicated for you? Well, I would have put Lamar Jackson in that mix. Um, and like a lot of people, I was befuddled. Well, not befuddled, honestly, just given the way uh, so many people in the NFL, particularly on other teams uh, who passed out Lamar Jackson, maybe um, seem to kind of constantly doubt him and, uh, I would say ignore some of the context that surrounded him last year when he was playing behind a terrible offensive line with not many, you know, with, with injuries on both sides of the ball, but certainly in the running back position there as well, in addition to that offensive line. And, you know, we're just coming up. People talk about the 2019 season in which he was the MVP. He also played exceptionally well in 2020. Uh, so I, it surprises me. I think he's one of the most dangerous playmakers in the NFL. I would put him above guys like Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, who we have not seen play football in a really long time. Uh, and that would be probably the biggest change if I were making the list. It's pretty remarkable. Apparently over half of the voters didn't put Lamar Jackson in the top 10 of their top 10 quarterbacks for 2022. Mm-hmm. Again, you can find that on ESPN.com. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. Mina, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, guys. Coming up next, Heat GM Andy Ellisberg and Nets GM Sean Marks were seen talking this morning in Las Vegas, Carla. Talk. You know what? There's even a report that they were dining. They were eating. Chris Carlin, I'm losing my mind. We get into it next. This is Canty and Carlin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Amber Wilson filling in for Chris Canty here on Canty and Carlin alongside Chris Carlin. You can tweet to us at Chris Carlin at Amber W Sports. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So Carlin, you know I am the resident Miami Heat diehard here at ESPN Radio and I am losing my mind because it's been pretty quiet in terms of the Kevin Durant watch. Now reportedly the Brooklyn Nets are trying to move Durant before they consider a move for Kyrie. However, There hasn't been much in terms of where Kevin Durant is going to end up. We know he wants to either go to the Phoenix Suns or my Miami Heat. However, it seems like so far, neither of those teams have been able to put together a deal. I guess that's enticing to the Nets. We know that there's this report out there about the Nets uh, pursuing some other teams here. And would Durant actually go to a team that isn't on his list? He only gave them a two-team list. (laughs) So it was pretty limiting in terms of the position that he put Brooklyn in. Well, it's Summer League right now in Las Vegas, which means anybody who's anybody in the NBA is in Vegas right now. And that includes the general manager of the Miami Heat, Andy Ellisberg. It also includes the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, Sean Marks, 
Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald is reporting that Heat GM Andy Ellisberg and Nets GM Sean Marks were seen talking, <gasps> talking this morning in Las Vegas. Chris, Car- they spoke this morning in Las Vegas, Chris Carlin. And then Barry went on to say, why, yes, every GM speaks with every GM they see in Vegas. <laughs> but don't fret. This is me. This is my, this is just my words. Don't fret, Miami Heat fans. Barry Jackson continues. Heat Ellisbergs and Heat Ellisberg and Nets Marks are going beyond cursory conversation. They're dining together. <gasps> my Nevada food industry sources haven't said the topic. But Heat's serious pursuit of Durant is well known in the NBA. What do you uh, make? Back up a second. Yes. My Nevada food industry sources. My Nevada food source. <laughs> Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, he's got the Nevada food sources. Listen, food sources can be pivotal. Yes. And we know that LeBron going back to Cleveland, that story was actually first broken by a cupcake shop, and we yep. should have listened to that cupcake shop much more closely. Had we had cupcake sources, which are probably the kind of sources that you may enjoy. I've got cupcake uh, sources. I was going to say. I, I was hoping you were going to make the joke <laughs> instead sources. of me. A little bit more awkward coming from me. Uh, but anyways, if we had all had cupcake sources, we could have broken that LeBron back to Cleveland story before it actually broke. And so here, Barry Jackson's Nevada food sources are reporting that the GM of the Nets and the GM of the Heat are dining together. Look, I I know how badly you want this. Mm. I, I understand. So badly. How badly you want this. Be reasonable, though. What is actually possible for the heat to give up in a deal for Kevin Durant that is worth it for Sean Marks to truly consider right now when you factor in that at the moment you can't trade them Bam out of bio because of that uh, rookie extension situation because Ben Simmons is on the nets and you can't have two players on rookie extensions that you traded for. So with all of that in mind, please, I know you're going to start with Gabe Vincent. What is a (laughs) realistic package that the Heat could give up that does not rip them to shreds to get Kevin Durant? I have a Gabe Vincent stand. Uh, Gabe Vincent for Kevin Durant, straight up. Brooklyn, you would be so lucky. Believe that. But I think more realistically, yes, you would probably, if you're Brooklyn, want Bam as a component of the deal. Like you said, they can trade Bam there unless Brooklyn gets rid of Ben Simmons. I have been surprised, Chris, about the reports coming out of well, Brooklyn that they're not going to move Simmons, that they want to see what they've got in Simmons. That's all the reports coming out of Brooklyn. I'm surprised because it is inhibiting these trades. And not just with the Miami Heat. It's inhibiting these trades with several teams. I mean, we talked about the Warriors earlier. Andrew Wiggins has that same problem. Uh, there's problems even with a Suns trade that you run into. A lot of these potential destinations, you have this rookie extension trade for it problem. And so I'm surprised that they're not more interested apparently in trading away Ben Simmons right now. 
Uh, you could also, of course, bring a third team in there to try to alleviate that BAM problem and get assets from the third team in exchange for a BAM, flip those to Brooklyn, presumably a bunch of picks if that's what Brooklyn wants to do. If it was a straight-up deal and we didn't have that extension problem, I do think BAM and Tyler Hero um, and a few other pieces would pro- would be enough uh, with how great those two guys are. I mean, you're talking about the sixth man of the year and Tyler Hero, uh, and we know what BAM means defensively, and he has been an all-star you would imagine that in a deal for the Heat that they'd throw want to throw in like a Kyle Lowry or they'd want to move a Duncan Robinson contract as part of it as well, maybe like a Max Struess in there too. The problem is that KD said if he wants to come to Miami, if he's going to come to Miami, he wants Lowry there, Bam there, and Jimmy there. And I'm like, boss, that's not how it works. Like, yeah, you're the second best player in the league, you know, by most accounts. So what are you talking about? They're going to have to trade something for you. Well, Let me then propose this. Maybe as they were getting together to dine, Andy Ellisberg, the Heat GM, and Sean Marks, the Nets GM, maybe it wasn't to discuss Kevin Durant. Oh, Maybe it was to discuss Kyrie Irving. Maybe that was the play. And let me, if I can, throw something your way. Okay. Kyrie Irving to the Miami Heat Kyle Lowry and a package to make the money work comes back and you try to incorporate Kyrie Irving into the heat culture that I know is at the very base of all of the Miami success of the last 20 years. At the base of everything that the Miami Heat uh, does. I would... Say from a basketball perspective, now this obviously comes down to what is the rest of that package because you kind of just threw yes. that in there. Kyle Lowry and package. I mean, well, if it's Jimmy no, Butler, I mean, we look, have a listen, problem. Lowry, I need to go look at the numbers. With, <laughs> you know, it, it, Irving is going to make $36 million this year. Mm-hmm. I got to go look at what Kyle Lowry, he, he's obviously got more than one year left. So there are going to be picks involved there too coming from the Heat. Uh, to try to make that work. I like it. I like it from a basketball perspective. From a basketball perspective, I love it. I, I mean, even if I can only get, well, you know, you can't argue games with it from a basketball it, right? perspective. From a basketball you just need perspective, the player to actually show fit. up to play. Well, and that's the problem. And then the other problem is, you know, when Kyrie was, deba- was debating whether to opt in to that final year, Mickey Arison, right before that, put out a tweet that it was an anti-vaxxer tweet that was like very strange and, and weirdly timed because of, you know, how everybody sub-tweets in that mm-hmm. league. And so it seemed like maybe there was a bigger message there that I don't know if, if Mickey Arison would be interested uh, in Kyrie Irving on the team because of everything that did happen with the vaccine mandate stuff. I have no idea. It's all conjecture. From a basketball perspective, I love it. From a culture perspective, it's hard to imagine it's a great fit. And you will continue to believe that it is, in fact, about Durant. Uh, I want to believe that it is, in fact, <laughs> about Durant again. Gabe Vincent for Kevin Durant. I'll even throw in a first rounder. Wow. In wow. Two, protected, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, protected. Yes, protected top five. Coming up next, are the Utah Jazz moving closer to a deal for Donovan Mitchell, another team that reportedly Miami Heat actually made an offer about? Well, we will get into that next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. You're going to learn who Gabe Vincent even is tonight. I mean, they're so Gabe deep. Vincent? Matt, Gabe they're Vincent so has been called. deep. They're so wow. deep.
De- Amber, Chris, we're, we're to Amber. Gabe Vincent now. They're so Gabe deep. Vincent Y'all don't even understand. Chris, Gabe Vincent could walk down the street with a shirt that says, I'm Gabe Vincent, and people still wouldn't know who he is. <laughs> My favorite Gabe Vincent memory was four minutes ago when I found out who he was. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Donovan Mitchell is sending out the cryptic tweets and Rudy Gobert is no longer his teammate. What does it all mean? We get into that next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson filling in for Chris Canty alongside Chris Carlin. You can tweet to us at Chris at Amber W Sports. Let's bring in some help to unpack what's happening in Utah. Andy Larson, Utah Jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, joins us. And Andy, thanks for joining us. I start with the most important component so far of this Donovan Mitchell story, which is, of course, the cryptic tweet that he sends out yesterday. He tweets out, lost ya to the game. I gotta face that. What does it mean, Andy? And what's the latest on a potential Donovan Mitchell trade? <laughs> I, I, you know, the, the cryptic tweet game has been uh, elevating for Donovan Mitchell over the last couple of weeks. And I can't say to, you know, that I'm a, a stellar interpreter of those, but it does say, you know, something about either his displeasure with his situation or maybe his displeasure with how his situation is being covered or what people are saying to him. But regardless, um, it doesn't necessarily reflect that, you know, he's happy in his current situation. You know, I, I think, um, it, that is kind of the, the ongoing question is how does Donovan really feel about the Rudy Gobert trade? Obviously the Jazz traded Royce O'Neal to the Brooklyn Nets as well. Um, they have a lot of depth at the guard position, but not a starting center right now and really short on wings as well. And so, you know, they're, they're clearly pretty short out of a contending team right now. And so, you know, I think Donovan, even if you're you know questioning whether or not his future is with the Utah Jazz, even if it is, He's got to be questioning his future of, hey, are we going to be a contending team moving forward? And, you know, how much longer do I want to give the Jazz, given that, you know, they're, they're, that, that the current window has seemed to be closed and they're trying to develop a one for, for the future. On the flip side, for Danny Ainge, what is his feeling? Is there the feeling that he wants to build around Donovan Mitchell and not trade him away? Yeah, you know, we, we asked him that on Saturday in a press conference, and he said, look, you know, we have no intention of trading Donovan Mitchell at this time, but he also said no one is untouchable, you know, and, and that he, he would, you know, say, I guess, stop short of saying that he was untouchable. And, you know, usually I think you do hear uh, GMs and, and you know, Danny Ainge, the CEO of the Jazz, be a little bit more um, adamant about keeping their star players. And I think Danny Ainge and, and Justin Zanuck, the Jazz's GM, were in that press conference. But, um, you know, he did say, hey, look, you know, we have the intention right now. And they said Donovan is on our roster and we're, we're very, very happy with him and that they have no intention of trading him for the time being. Um, you know, it fell short of like full, uh, full-hearted, full-throated uh, support there. But, I, you know, he did say, look, it's, it's uh, you know, it's not something that they feel like they immediately need to do for sure. 
Andy Larson, Utah Jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. So, Andy, we saw what uh, the Rudy Gobert trade looked like. Do you have any indication if they were to trade away Donovan Mitchell, what they'd be looking for in return in Utah? Really a similar return, if not a bigger one. And remember, that was five first-round picks for Rudy Gobert, plus the you know recently drafted Walker Kessler in the first round, plus a, an assortment of pretty useful role players, guys like Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, also a starter up there in Minnesota. Um, they'd be looking for something similar, and maybe you know not five players necessarily, just because, frankly, they'd run out of roster room. But you know they're looking for five first-round picks and a young player who they think they could develop. You know, I, I think uh, someone who could develop into a star or all-star level player would be someone, I, I, you know, in, in kind of their ideal trade scenario. And, you know, you have to remember, even with the Minnesota Timberwolves, they kind of negotiated down to that, you know, huge haul that they got back from for Rudy Gobert. So I think that is kind of, you know, I, I do think that, you know, you, you listen to Danny and say, hey, no one's untouchable. If there's an, you know, an offer out there that they think that they can open up that next window with in kind of correlation with getting a whole bunch of assets, a whole haul of assets back, then I think they, you know, they would probably do it. But it would have to take, you know, it'd be a lot of pieces. It'd be some stellar pieces back. Uh, because, you know, Donovan is one of the league's best scorers at the age of 25 under contract for three more seasons. He clearly is a valuable. So what is your ultimate take here? Does he end up staying in Utah or does he get traded before the season? I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of skeptical about maybe before the season. Uh, you know, I, I think ultimately that there's the teams that are kind of in play for him are also looking at Kevin Durant. Um and, and, you know, there's just kind of not the uh, urgency here for the Jazz to trade him right away. You know, I, I think ultimately they're going to be waiting for that godfather offer of of those five first-round picks or of multiple really talented young players back. And they haven't gotten that so far. But I, I think it's a conversation that could, you know, go into training camp. It could happen at the trade deadline. And, you know, I, I don't think that Donovan Mitchell's value is going to be very different uh, in February than it is right now. So I think they they really do want to wait until they get kind of a no-brainer positive offer for him. And then, look, if, if it does, you know, push does come to shove and Donovan's looking to leave as a free agent three years down the road, you can always trade him one or two years from now and, and again, still get really pretty good return for him. So, I, I you know, I, I don't think there's huge urgency on this, but I, I also don't think that the Jazz have closed the door on, on trading him right away either. Godfather offer seems to be the theme so far of the offseason, and maybe that Gobert trade uh, set the standard for it. Andy Larson, Utah Jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for joining us, Andy. Hey, thanks, guys. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, Chris, when you consider who might be available right now. You know, yeah. not just Kevin Durant, but a Donovan Mitchell with years left on his contract as well. It's remarkable. He, yeah, and, and he's a guy that if you're talking about the Heat, I think he'd be great for the Miami Go Heat. Go on. I think he'd be phenomenal for the Miami Heat. Well, now, and there are there are the reports out there that they'd made some type of deal and that Utah wasn't impressed. But it seems like, you know, obviously the market for, for Donovan Mitchell, if they're serious about trading him, would be a huge one. I do feel like, though, that Rudy Gobert asking price has got to make people a little nervous. I, I would... I would not want to be trying to match that. I mean, I, I honestly can't believe that they got five first round picks Unreal. and swaps and whatever it was altogether, including the role players that they got in exchange for Gobert. I mean, that was, that was to me just kooky talk. 
Like, I mean, if you get that for Gobert, what on yeah. earth do you get for Kevin Durant? And that's exactly what Brooklyn's looking at. Exactly. They're looking at that Gobert trade, just licking their chops. I just don't know how realistic it gets. I mean, how much more can you trade away for a player? But no, they're going to find the, a way. Yeah. And the other tricky thing here is that the DeAndre Ayton uh, situation could mm-hmm. come together any second. Wendy said it this morning uh, on Greeny that, it really, at any moment, that is a deal that could get done where he gets uh, sent someplace like Indiana. So that maybe that is kind of the first pin to drop in all of it. Yeah, which, of course, moves a, a lot of room or opens up a lot of room for the Suns. Maybe an indication that Kevin Durant is, in fact, going to Phoenix. Uh, that would put our uh, Aiton, if the reports out there are correct, I mean, he maybe would be on the Pacers as soon as Monday. Like, we could see Aiton moved real, real shortly here um, within the next few days. And that might be the domino effect that kind of opens everything up and maybe we'll have a clearer idea of where some of these pieces on the Brooklyn Nets are going. Coming up next, we'll continue this conversation. Also, John Morant, what is he What is he out there doing? Uh, making headlines, that's what he's doing. We'll unpack that. This is Canteen Carlin. Nobody has ever said the Memphis Grizzlies, at least this version of the Memphis Grizzlies, Carlin, are not a confident bunch, right? And nobody on that team maybe even more confident than John Morant because that fun young team certainly exudes confidence. And you even saw it in the playoffs when they tried to take it to the Golden State Warriors even at one point. Like zero back down in that team. Well, apparently Jaw has zero back down in interviews as well because he was talking to Taylor Rooks and was asked about Michael Jordan. And he said, I wish I would have played in his generation. I would like to play against him. I would have cooked him too. Nobody got more confidence than 12. What do you make of John Morant saying that he would have cooked the greatest basketball player to have ever played the game? I Look, <laughs> I, I think Ja knew what he was saying and wanted to draw a little attention to himself. And that's, that's cool. Um, it's funny. The second that he said it all over Twitter, everybody was essentially agreeing with him. And they were, there was a lot of Rex Chapman going for 39 points against Jordan saying, if, if Jordan can stop Rex Chapman, how's he going to do against Ja? The thing that Ja needs to remember is that uh, Jordan also won some Defensive Player of the Year awards. So let, let's not get too nuts on that. I, I, I don't think that Jordan would be able to check him, but I think Ja was just feeling himself in the moment, so to speak. And to uh, be, Ja was, was uh, feeling uh, himself. Uh, yeah. I, I like it. I yeah. like I like a young player having this level of confidence. And if you want to make a splash, there's no better way to make a splash than to go after the guy that most everybody considers the greatest to ever do it, right? And so he's saying, oh, yeah, if I had played back then, you know, and back then to Jaws, like the 1800s, I'm sure also, like that's part of it. Like how much Michael Jordan film has he actually seen? He probably thinks it's in black and white and grainy. He may not actually, he might be more familiar with Michael Jordan's shoes. That's what he watched. Right. He yeah. saw the last dance, which yeah. if he saw the last dance, I mean, that's kind of a fluff piece there on Jordan. So if he saw the last <laughs> dance, he actually maybe shouldn't be thinking that he's cooking them. But he is probably more familiar with Michael Jordan's shoes, the Nike <laughs> shoes, than maybe he is with the player. Jaw is 22 years old. He was born in 1999. He was only born a few years before Michael Jordan played, you know, his very last game ever. He definitely never saw Michael Jordan play basketball. But I, yeah, I like and, and, wait, I He like saw confidence. Michael, yeah, like, even if he had... It was when Jordan's playing for Washington. 
That's, a, that's, that's a not good Michael point. Jordan. <laughs> that wasn't. Yes, that was not prime Michael Jordan. He definitely missed peak Michael Jordan years. Uh, John Morant does not care. Uh, John Morant seems like he has the confidence to take on anybody, at least in a war of words. But I'm here for it. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Little old school Wayne. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We are coming down the stretch, rounding out the six o'clock hour. Amber Wilson filling in for Chris Canty alongside Chris Carlin. We have been in the midst of ESPN Radio NFL two a days, Carlin, where every single day here across all of ESPN Radio, we break down a couple teams for you as we head towards NFL training camp. Today, it was the Broncos and the Seahawks. We had some help in doing that. Jeff Legweld, ESPN Denver Broncos reporter, he joined us, so shout out for his help. So did Michael Sean Dugar of The Athletic, uh, who covers the Seahawks. He helped us break down... A not-so-good Seahawks team that we expect anyways coming up. Much to the chagrin of Mina Kimes, who we know, of course, is the resident ESPN Seahawks fan. She also joined us, ESPN NFL analyst, the host of the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny Podcast. And Andy Larson, a Utah Jazz beat reporter for the Salt Lake Tribune, he joined us as well this hour. He helped us. Break down what's happening with the latest on the rumors with Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell's cryptic tweets. Really important stuff here in 2022. If you missed any of that, any of the show, check out the Canty and Carlin podcast on the ESPN app. And now, oh, first, I should tell the the people, though, Chris Carlin, tomorrow, yeah. because I'm sure they're very excited and they're tuning in tomorrow. We will have the Falcons and the Vikings for you tomorrow for ESPN Radio like Two a Days. And now... Carla, it is time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. This is three and out and three and out is brought to you by Indeed. Attract, interview and hire at Indeed.com slash credit. So this is three and out. Also out is the name Heinz Field. Now, Chris Carlin is a big Steelers fan, or so he claims. Although you've got some weird fandom, like with your baseball teams, you're all over the place. I don't know how it works for you in the NFL. You're a little suspect as a fan, but you report as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and big changes are coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers' home venue. It will no longer be known as Heinz Field. It's Acrisure Stadium. I hope I'm saying that right. Acrisure stadium and a new naming rights deal are you broken hearted i'm not happy about it uh, no respect no uh, offense to the people at acrisure i'm sure their insurance is a fine product but number one there to me there really it really is one ketchup and it's heinz that's it like the, every other ketchup like don't even bother uh, and secondly <laughs> The Heinz factory is right Heinz sponsorship. That's what's happening. No, it's just fact. If 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 it's not Heinz ketchup, I'm not having it. 
Like, don't bother. They do make an excellent sugar-free ketchup if you're interested in getting a little healthier there. Carl. Of course they do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect anything else. But secondly, it is – Heinz Factory is right nearby. And and thirdly, it's just – it's always been that. It's going to be hard for me to get – I'm going to be calling it Heinz Field. I'm sorry. I'm, it I'm, it I'm has sorry. always been that. That's where this – is, I think, disappointing, I would imagine, right? Because it's always been that. Yes. I mean, since it opened in 2001, the stadium has always been known as Heinz Field. That is the tough pill to swallow. I yes. think when your stadium, like I'm a Dolphins fan. Our stadium's gone through so many darn names. I mean, I can't even keep track. Uh, <laughs> Landshark, Joe Robbie. It was just Dolphin Stadium at one point for a brief moment there. It's Hard Rock right now, The Rock, which is pretty dope. Pro player, thank you for yelling that in my ear, Shannon Penn. So... It has gone through so many name changes that when it was switching to Hard Rock, frankly, I didn't give a hoot, you know, right. because it's not like that namesake. You know, I, I know that this is it's about money. It's about business deals, whatever. But with Heinz, it's different. It's like with the Lakers, with Staples Center. I still couldn't tell you what that arena is now named because I can't get used to it. Or even for my Miami Heat, when they went from AAA, which is what I was calling it during my entire Heat fandom, to now FTX Arena, that's been a hard adjustment for me. So I think it depends how many names your stadium or arena have gone through. Yeah, I, I don't see where I'm going to be getting used to this. Where, well, I will tell you, Acrisure wants you to get used to it because I'm guessing that they paid a whole lot of money to I'm get sure you used to it. Uh, <laughs> the, the terms were not released, but I'm guessing that they are not happy that Chris Carlin's still going to be out here uh, again, in his I, own I'm time. I'm sure it's a fine hunt. product. 15-year deal. The details we don't know. Uh, they are a global insurance broker. So there you go. There you a go. new era for your Pittsburgh Steelers. You, Allegedly, your Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> the WNBA, Chris Carlin, uh, is going to use charter flights for all of its league finals games this year, increase bonus pool money for the playoffs, and move to 40 games for the 2023 regular season. According to the commissioner, we just found this information out. A huge advances there for the WNBA. What do you make of the WNBA trying to improve some of these things to make the lives of these WNBA players better? All positive steps, very positive steps. And look, they don't have the charter flights, obviously, because the revenues are not the same as the NBA. But the sooner the better that they can get it to that level because it was absurd to me that Joe Sy wanted to fly the New York Liberty on a charter and was getting fined for doing it. Oh, that was so insane. It, I forgot ridiculous. about that until you just said that. Yeah, and, and to me that's, that's absolutely so awful. Crazy. And hopefully, you know, if you happen to be an owner of a WNBA team that has the means, you should be able to do that. I'm sorry that it's – it's not competitively balanced in your mind there, but sorry, that's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. And you're absolutely right. And really this all comes down to the players, the comfort of the players, the lifestyle of the players. And so much of this became apparent with the situation with Brittany Griner, where yep. the terrible situation she's in and then the necessity that these women in the WNBA feel to go play overseas where they make so much more money, even if it's in dangerous situations like the one Brittany Griner ends up in uh, because they're not treated the same way as so many of our other professional sports. Real quick here, Richard Jefferson, he's going to officiate an NBA summer league game. Chris Carlin, what do you make of this? This happens tonight. It's tonight. It's the Knicks, I think, in Portland. He's going to officiate the second quarter 
And he gave the reason. Listen, it gives me a chance to get better as a broadcaster and, uh, broadcaster and to understand more about the game. And I, I think it's phenomenal. I absolutely love it. I think it's phenomenal because we do so much complaining about the officiating in the NBA. Yeah. You guys think- are burying the lead. The real reason why RJ is doing this so that he can cause the Knicks to lose the game. Come on. It's no also, one trolls the Knicks more than against, RJ. Yes. Let's yeah. It's be also clear. with the Knicks. The Knicks don't need RJ's help to lose the game. In summer league, Shannon, I think Richardson <laughs> needs to, or Jefferson needs to tank the Knicks in summer league. I, I literally can't name somebody on the Knicks it. summer league roster. They have right been now. impressive. <laughs> also impressive. Spain and Fitz. They are coming up next here on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.